We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey fam, welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 48. Our guest today is one of my favorite people in the equestrian world. She has created a space that has given any type of horse girl a home. Her style, her fashion sense, her voice, she is seriously the coolest, and I am so lucky to have become her friend over these last couple years that we have known each other. So, here to talk about calling all horse girls, here is Emmy Stroman. How's it going? It is going well. How are you? Good. I'm so pumped you're on the podcast today. I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Obviously, there's some horse background in there. So we'd love to kind of hear first about how you first got into riding and, and how you kind of developed into calling all horse girls. I actually was looking through home videos recently and I found a video of me riding when I was like four years old. And my grandmother put me on my first horse, unbeknownst to me. Um, So I guess I I started having a love for horses when I was really young, thanks to my grandmother. But then I I grew up riding in Minnesota. So I had uh, hunters and jumpers, and I competed pretty pretty, um, competitively around the country. And I loved it. I loved it a lot. Where in Minnesota did you grow up? I grew up in Minnetonka, Minnesota, which is like kind of close to Minneapolis. Um, and I rode in like, you know, kind of the suburbs of that. Cool. It was a, it was a really cool barn. It was a good, it was a good upbringing. Um, but then I, when I went to college, I actually went for equestrian studies and then Mm -hmm. I switched my major to creative advertising just because I, I'd always done things creative and I missed that component when I was in college. So I was on the IHSA team as well. So when I switched my major, I kind of let go of riding entirely, which was the first time I had, you know, forever. Yeah, Um, that's what I did too. Yeah, there's so many people that that do that. And I think that there's pros and cons to it, obviously. But for me, it was exactly what I needed to do. And I ended up loving advertising and getting jobs in New York to be a copywriter. And I did that for a while. I tried to ride in New York, but it was incredibly unsuccessful. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, I hear it's I, tough. Yeah, I took a train to a suburb of New York, and there was no Ubers at the time. And I literally walked on the side of the street trying to get to the barn, and a woman picked uh-huh. me up on the side. I had my saddle, my boots, like the whole no thing. Way. Yes, I was like, this is not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't ride. I didn't ride at all, and I wasn't really in the community at all. I, it was like a very cold, like I didn't have it in my life. Um, and I felt that for sure. Uh, then I moved to Los Angeles and I was thinking like three months in, I was like, this is my time. This is, this is when riding comes back into my life. I have a car. No one's going to be picking me up on the side of the road. There's a lot of like resources here close by. So I found a bar in Calabasas. I started riding every Sunday and that's when calling all horse girls started to like become a thing what brought on the move from new york to la so new york i was copywriting 
at advertising agencies. In LA, I had the opportunity to become a creative director at Mike Tyson's company, cool. which I'm, I am not a, I'm not super passionate about cannabis, but it is a really interesting industry to be in because you're watching this like green rush and you're at the precipice of, you know, a whole new language of branding in California of all places. So right. I think career wise, I learned and am learning a lot. And is that the position that you still have currently? Yes, that is the position I have currently. Uh, I am doing more freelance work too, uh, like freelance branding and creative direction, creative strategy, copywriting, all that stuff, which I love. Cool. So you started riding when you moved to LA. Um, How long had it been since you had ridden consistently? About six years. Wow. I remember you said something, Bethany, and I can't remember when it was or where you said it, but you, when you, because I know you took a break as well, when you got on the horse for the first time, you weren't sure what side of the horse you get on and i've never really i was like that. wait <laughs> i really literally it's, like, it's second nature but Shoot. it's also when you mm-hmm. get back into it you're questioning everything which yeah is really interesting totally and your first time back after your long break was at far west farms in calabasas correct or did you ride somewhere yeah. before that okay no and that yeah. was that was mine right after right after my break. I remember the first time I was at the mounting block going up towards the upper ring and I was like what am I doing? What am I doing? Like this has been so long since I've ridden and then literally in the nick of time Lisa Wynn saved me and she's like, "Hey," and I turned around she's like, "Why don't you come up and ride with me in the middle ring?" I'm like, "Oh, thank God." Thank God. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh my gosh. Yeah. I totally, totally understand that. So you started riding. You're, t- you're still taking, are you taking weekly lessons like every Sunday? Yep. Yep. Every Sunday. Cool. Yeah, That's awesome. When I, when I started riding, basically what happened was, um, so now I'm like a little bit farther into my career. I have some resources and time to actually get riding back into my life. And I realized there is so many women that are in the career world or they're like in an area where they can't ride. They don't have the resources, the time, Totally. Mm-hmm. but our horse girls through and through, you know, and mm-hmm. I really want to create a space that celebrates all of the horse girls that are out there doing their thing, whether it is, you know, working on their career or becoming mothers or whatever it is. Um, I want them to know that the space is still for them. And that's why I created calling all horse girls. I bring all the horse girls that maybe aren't riding every day or haven't ridden in six years and be like, Hey, come to this conversation. Like come hang out with us. You are. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such an important aspect that I think girls our age when like during our breaks, we didn't have that. And it's like, it's still such a big part of our lives, even though we're not there day, day in and day out. But like, I always knew during my break in the back of my head, I had this piece about it because I knew eventually I'd get right back to it again. But you know, it doesn't mean that when you're on a break or when you're in a season of life, like let's say you're pregnant or having kids or in a really demanding 
demanding job or um, going through a move or a, some type of financial situation where you can't make that a top priority, but you should still be able to be involved in the horse community in some shape or form. So I love that you have provided that for people. So you started your brand, which was originally the Horse Girl Co., and you just recently rebranded to Kong All Horse Girls. So the original idea has that morphed quite a bit or is it still kind of same idea same concept uh what was kind of the idea of the of the change in the rebranding yeah so it is it is the same idea but i actually think it's even more um targeted to our original mission which is a space to celebrate horse girls and the horse girl co was a name i knew that i wanted horse girl to be in the name because i think that it's been stereotyped into something that isn't totally accurate. So I wanted to use the name as a way to break down that stereotype. What do you picture in your head of the stereotype <laughs> horse girl? <laughs> the, <laughs> the stereotype horse girl that I have is more of a, it's multifaceted. Um, I think that it's kind of been pigeonholed into this crazy girl who loves horses and like, like eat horse poop um, and just like, you know, is weird and antisocial and has no life mm. and no dreams and, you know, just has a ton of money and doesn't, you know, live a normal life. That's a really dramatic stereotype. But I think when I say that, it's because I remember I was, I was working with an art director in New York and I didn't know this until like six months into us working next to each other, but she was a horse girl. And she was like, oh, oh, I wow. really like to, yeah, she was like, I don't really like to talk about it. And I was like, why? She's like, well, you know, it's just like, everyone thinks you're just like an entitled, you know, rich girl. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I get that. But if you don't talk about it, then how do they know you're not? You know, that's true. Yeah, but you're right. There are so many different facets of it. Like when I think of like stereotype horse girl, I think of like the weird girl with like the long braids, like who doesn't have any friends at school. And she just like doodles pictures of horses and like all of her pencils and notebooks and everything have horses on them. And just like I like a little bit of that. Literally, whenever I tell kids that I ride horses, for some reason, the response would be like, oh, you look like someone that would ride horses. And I always just like, what is? that supposed to me. <laughs> yeah, like, I actually am very weird and I I I do I did doodle. Like I went to I still draw horses. So it's like right? I think that what <laughs> the beauty of the stereotype is that it's not always wrong, but it's just too pigeonholed. We're so much yes. more than the weird horse girls. Like we are creating businesses and children. But yeah, I just, I, we're so much more than that. So that's a long-winded way to say we switched it from the Horse Girl Co. to Calling All Horse Girls because we wanted the name to be a call to action. We want to call in all the horse girls that might not necessarily consider themselves a horse girl or haven't in a really long time and allow more people to have that connection with the horse. Because that's, at the end of the day, what this company is for. It's just saying this horse is an incredibly powerful animal with a lot to give. And if you want a connection with it, it's there for you. And we want to like allow that space, you know? Yeah, totally. Before we get in a word from our sponsor, I want to talk about them for a little bit because I 
have worked with and worn Tucker Tweed Equestrian products for a while now, and I love them. The quality leather is amazing, and I'm always wearing their Wellington wristlet and their backpack. The products are stunning. If you are familiar with Tucker Tweed Equestrian, then you most likely know and have seen how often they promote their retail partners. With the cancellation of a number of nationwide horse shows, many retail partners are missing out on key opportunities to see and service their clients. So, to support their partner tax stores, Tucker Tweed is encouraging you to shop tax store websites during those missed horse show dates or purchase through Tucker Tweed directly. Directly, but then make sure to tag the respective tax stores in the order notes. This way we can all support tax stores and each tax store receives credit for any purchases made. Thank you so much for that reminder, Jill Tweedy, founder of Tucker Tweed. You are amazing, Jill. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Tell me a little bit about what calling all horse girls provides. Obviously you have tangible things like you have items that girls can purchase and have. I love it because I love like representing now that I'm a horse girl. Like I love that I have one of your pins on my wallet pouch and I love it. And people ask me about it like, Oh my gosh, that's so cute. And you know, like your water bottle and things like that. So I know you have those pieces. And then obviously there's the, the general sense of community that you provide. I mean, what is the overarching goal for this community you've created? That is such a great question, Bethany. Um, We started with tangible items because it allowed people to have a badge. And that's why I call the pin a badge of honor, because I want people to be proud that they're a horse girl through and through, no matter what environment that they're in. So we started with with tangible items, and we will continue to do those very um, seldomly. But we're growing into more of a, I guess I would say a media company driven by community. So we have something on our website called HD resources, which is just starting to build. So there's an HD bulletin where you can get information about the community and, you know, job postings or brands with sales or, you know, the equestrian masterclass or your equestrian workshop. Like all of that is just quick information that you can grab as well as Mm -hmm. articles that support horse girls that are riding or want to ride. And then there's also a magazine coming out, which I have not told anyone, that is more of a book than it is a magazine. It's kind of a, um, it's something you don't want to take off of your coffee table type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be pretty big. It's it's what we're working on most heavily right now, working on wow. contributors and um, artists and photography. It's It's going to be pretty expensive. So we're working on that. And yeah, I, I think it's it's really a content-based company driven by community with tangible items thrown in when necessary. Yeah. Wow. That is so exciting. Do you have any idea when that will be available for people? The plan is this summer. Given the pandemic, we're, yeah. we're playing everything by ear. But Totally. Uh, yeah, the plan is this summer, and I I really want it to be tangible and something that you can feel. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can do that, but if not, it'll be online. Amazing. Oh, that's so exciting. What have you found your like overall mentality towards being a horse girl? Have you noticed a shift 
from when you were riding when you were young to when you are riding now, not just in the aspect of, I guess, like the social media difference, but have you noticed a difference between those two time periods? I've noticed differences and similarities. And the similarity that I love is that I still feel like a little kid when I'm at the barn. There's still this sense of wonderment and just being myself, which I'm really grateful for. Now that I'm older and I'm back at the barn, I'm much more aware of what I need to work on. And I'm also much more aware of the privilege I have to be at the barn. When I was younger, I took it for granted. And now I'm like, I can't believe I get to touch a horse today. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's that's definitely the biggest thing, the biggest difference. Just a more understanding what a beautiful relationship this is. And and that, in return, fuels calling all horse girl because I just I'm reminded every time I go to the barn why this is important for everyone to have an opportunity to have. Totally. How do you manage your time? with calling all horse girls, your full-time job, and then making time for going to the barn, among other things, I'm sure. <laughs> I <laughs> I go to the barn early on Sunday morning. So the barn is, the only times I can't go to the barn are if I'm traveling, um, mm-hmm. which right now is not at all, but also I can't go to the barn because we're in the midst of a pandemic. But anyways, yeah. um, I... I don't know. I think that calling all horse girls, and I think a lot of people in the equestrian community feel this way, but when you have a side hustle that is like your truest passion in life, it's really easy to make time for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I do it, you know, in the morning, I do it at night. I do it when I'm inspired. I do it even when I'm not inspired. And then my full-time job. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I I just do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think you just kind of you just kind of have to. I mean, I feel like I always like to ask people the question because I've, you know, like been in similar shoes too. If there is ever a point that you would want to make calling all horse girls into your full-time thing, but I mean there's always the dynamic. I mean, obviously like realistically speaking, like I've lived in LA before. It's no joke like trying to be able to afford life. When I lived in California, my husband and I were also wedding photographers and we, you know, did all this side stuff. And then we all both had our full-time jobs and, you know, rented a room from a house. And you just kind of like, you know, if it's your situation, you just make it work, you know, to be able to enjoy everything that you love. And I think it's pretty cool that even though your main job, your full-time job, your nine-to-five, isn't necessarily your, like, end-all, be-all, like, dream career per se, that you still get two other aspects of your life, which is actually being able to go to the barn and ride once a week. And then also having calling all horse girls. I mean, I feel like that's pretty great that you still are able to take the time and prioritize and like, honestly, like make some sacrifices, but in return, get to kind of see the benefits and, and have the joy of being able to do those things too. Yeah. And it's actually funny because I work for Mike Tyson. So my office is primarily men who are the most manly men you've ever seen, you know? Yeah. Um, but they're all so supportive of horse girl and it is the cutest thing ever. And oh. it's a really fun space to like show that I'm a horse girl, but also be like running the meetings or, you know, running the creative department. And it's like, yeah. 
it's a fun place to put my calling all horse girls mission to a true test, which is it's yeah. Super fun. Yeah. That's amazing. Would you say, so kind of within this, equestrian horse girl community creative type of niche within the industry is there a situation that you are or concept that you're particularly passionate about that you feel like the rest of the industry doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk a lot about i think the industry is growing so much and so quickly it's really interesting i feel like 99% of the brands have a very unique voice and a very unique direction even if it's similar products everyone's Mm -hmm. done a really good job at reaching who they need to to reach and i think a lot of brands try to do this uh but reach i call them hidden horse girls essentially horse girls that you would never know are horse girls and i think that that is the the horse girl that is not talked to as often simply because it's incredibly hard to find her you know I, i was just talking the other day to someone that is an incredible entrepreneur. She's, you know, started some of the biggest companies and you would never know she's a horse girl. And those are the horse girls that I think the industry is missing and should invite in more. That being said, it's hard, you know, like this is not an easy thing to do, but I think that it's important that it becomes more and more inclusive and inviting for you know, everyone, which I think that everyone is doing that. I think we're in the process of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered your question at all. No, yeah, I think it's gotten a lot better. And that's something that when I often ask that question to guests, it's sometimes like I never want it to be perceived as like the equestrian industry is going downhill and all this yeah. negative stuff. But I, I love that this is like a positive part of the industry that maybe originally you you saw like, OK, there, there's definitely a need here. And there's, you know, like mm-hmm. we need to shed some light on this situation and that you personally have done something to change that. Plus, you're able to see other parts of the community doing something similar. And I hadn't really thought about that until kind of learning more about your mission about those like hidden horse girls. And they're really like that. You're right. They are really hard to find. I mean, chances are those type of girls, like they're not following the people that you're following on Instagram and they're not, you know, like in a visible space in the horse world. So finding unique ways that are are ways to like bring them out, I think are super, that's super important and, and needed and something that you're definitely doing with calling all horse girls. So I think that's really cool. Um, so going forward, obviously you have some big plans with the rebranding and your magazine slash book, whatever you end up deciding to call it. Uh, so excited to see that. Oh my gosh. What are some, I guess, like goals or aspirations you have for calling all horse girls in the coming months to year? I mean, the biggest one is definitely is the magazine, um, not being successful and not successful as in like it makes a ton of money but um i really wanted to be successful in finding these hidden horse girls continuing to build a narrative around you know what it means to be a horse girl and um allow the industry to be in a new perspective to me that's success of the of the magazine um and that's definitely Mm -hmm. what i'm looking forward to in the next six months for sure and then a year out I I want Calling All Horse Girls to be um, 
more community driven, just continue to grow the community. That's really my, my biggest goal with that. And, um, having more voices outside of my own, having more, um, writers and, you know, more photographers and sharing the space and having it, you know, be less about, you know, me or, you know, pictures of me or any of, you know, that kind of thing. I really want it to grow um, past me within the next year. Yeah. I think that's a great goal. Amazing. Well, Emmy, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the equestrian podcast. Loved having you. And I wish you all the best in this next year. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.